This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! The Bundesliga kicks off this Friday, technically this Freitag, so I am relieved that our guest today is an electronic music icon, a German techno pioneer, his worldwide success. It's got him fame. It's got him fortune. It's got him something better than that. Unfettered access to his favorite footballers. His new album, Seven, is out on iTunes. It's also on Spotify. We welcome oh, to this panic room Bundesliga season special, the first person to ever sample Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. Massive Bayern Munich, die Mannschaft fan, the one and only Mr. Paul Kalkbrenner. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, good now, Paul. Good, good, good. I've got to say, you're born in Leipzig. Yeah. One of my favourite cities. When you were born, it was East Germany. You were 12 when the Berlin yeah. Wall came down. Great quote from you. You said, the first thing I did was go to a... McDonald's. Keeping the paper, taking it home because it smelled so well. You took the burger wrapper home <laughs> so you could keep smelling it. I've got to ask you, what music were you listening to before the wall came down? In East Germany. Oh, when I was like eight or nine years yeah. old, I loved modern talking. I don't know if that is a like a term here. I don't think outside Germany, no one knows that music. Yeah, we only know uh, Nina <laughs> is the only one that came out of that yeah. entire country. I was actually, I was happy that I was allowed to listen to West Berlin Radio. Yeah. So I was just going with it. It was RIAS, Rundfunk im Amerikanischen Sektor. was like actually American Forces Radio yeah. formerly. And um, yeah, I was just happy to be allowed to listen to that. But can you tell us, the wall comes down. Yeah. What happened sonically to you, musically? Was it just like a wave, a tidal wave hit young Paul? I have to say what it actually means and what happened that day just occurred to me and came to me years and years later. I maybe see it now in its full extent what it actually meant, what happened that day. So actually my life opened up like by another 95%. How did you, f where did you first encounter techno? And what did you think? When it was it was that. a radio show called Rave Satellite, and I didn't know actually about this music at all. It was like maybe 13, 14. And were you just and like, that is crap, this is never going to catch on? Or were you just like, oh my God, must stop playing nah. the trombone, the bugle, well, it's trumpet, <laughs> must go towards this music, no, it losing was, free will? It was more like also that it was so underground that not many of my friends like or anyone at school was like into that music. Only me and another dude on yep. a thousand people school. And um, yeah, also to distinguish yourself from the others, I think is what young people would like to do, especially over music culture and music Everyone itself. Everyone else was into Ramstein. Yeah, they, they were famous already at the time, yeah. And so you were just distinguishing yourself from the masses. A little bit. But I also like that no one is singing on the songs mainly, and there were no breaks between them. You know, somehow they, for me as a 13-year-old, they were like mixed together somehow. I didn't know, know yet how that actually was proceeded, but... It was interesting from the first time. That was the music. What about the football? In East Germany, yeah. the wall is there. There's a clash of political ideologies. What did you know about Bayern Munich? Was that was, it was, was, more West, was the West German football coming through? No, actually, like I was when I was a young boy before the wall came down, I was following the East German team in its qualification for the World Cup or European Championship. What in my lifetime they actually never made it. It was three times, it was very close. Yeah. And like watching the Bundesliga just sometimes or the Bayern, this was not really a real fandom yet. It was like something from another world which you just admire so like from from far away because it was just so you know with this olympic stadium and all those players there mateo's lobby 
faff. You know, so. How did you fall in love then? Talk about the evolution where you weaned yourself away yeah. from the East German football machine to fall in love with Bayern Munich. Yeah, because it was also not that it was absolutely not allowed to support a West German team, but do not provoke. Don't come with Bayern gear to the school and stuff. So it was something what you should keep for yourself a little bit, what made it also attractive. They were dangerous. Uh, yeah, not Western. really. Yeah, Western is really, really dangerous. So how did your heart wean towards and the wall comes down? Talk, you're now a die-hard Bayern Munich yeah, fan. Yeah, They're a major part away. of your life. It never went away. That's the point. It just got stronger and stronger, you know? And... Also, years later, if someone told me, yeah, you don't know anything about football, pick a club right now, I would have chosen it because of this mixture of like being so, you know, Bavarian, homey, family style and a world brand on the other side. So I would choose it again. Oh, this is fascinating. I mean, I want to talk to you about the essence of Bayern Munich fandom. They've won three straight titles, as you say in Germany, Mazeltov. <laughs> You're in the hunt for a record fourth straight. Yeah. What is it like? Being a Bayern fan, I mean, at the you, you win all the bloody time unless you're playing the MLS All-Stars. <laughs> you're beating Werder Bremen 6-0, Hamburg, come here, 8-0. When does winning ever get too predictable, too boring, like Augustus yeah. Loopy? Yeah, that's a, the sad thing that actually it just gets like interesting when Champions League semi-finals are on. But somehow this is how it went. I would also wish that they would maybe make the Champions League again a little bit smaller. So that already the group stage becomes like interesting with the matches we actually want to see. We don't want to see Bad Borisov. We wanted to see Bayern Milan and Liverpool Real more often. You know, and it was bad in the back in the days. Like the old European Cup, where one of those matches that like, came up like maybe once every three years. Yeah, that they somehow would, like one of those Flash really of classics. Yeah. So, but how do you approach a league season? A question from a listener at Pompot sixty nine. Paul, the season kicks off this weekend. Has Bayern Munich wrapped up the league championship already? Yes, unfortunately they have. <laughs> that is, if they do not become the German champion with this squad, then I don't know. So what's fun about supporting? Yeah, I don't know. This is like, back in the days it was like, let's say 10 years ago, we were so far away from a Champions League semi-final. Yeah. You know, or Milan twice, Chelsea always quarterfinals, round of 16, six years ago. The little Bayern. Little, little Bayern. And yeah. now, and since that defeat in Barcelona in 2009, 4-0, could have been worse, they really made it. They made it to the top of the, among the top three of the world clubs. And, um, Sometimes that leads to that it's very boring in the Bundesliga itself. Yeah. What does the acquisition of Arturo Vidal tell you about what is going to be different about this Bayern Munich team? It's different this season that Pep Guardiola will throw away also the last idea of his playing philosophy if he wins this year. He's under big, big pressure. He looks very unnerved and stressed out. So it's obviously it's last year, and yeah, the prospect, without the prospect of moving to Manchester City will do that to a man. And without winning this big cup for the Bayern in three years with this squad, uh, will lead it to a not very successful Guardiola era. The big cup meaning the Champions League. Yeah, the Henkelpot. Vid the Henkelpot. The one with the ears. <laughs> 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 the, the, I love Vidal. That, that, Me too. That haircut. That haircut. <laughs> I can never tell whether he's actually balding in really bizarre ways or he's got kind of crop marks. I think he is, and with that haircut, she can make it invisible that he is. Oh, you and me, we should be getting the Vidal. <laughs> Who are Bayern? You're going to laugh at this question. Who are Bayern's main threat in the Bundesliga? 
Uh, I think this year, and what I hope so, is that Dortmund will come up again. They have been a little bit lame under Klopp's last year. Yeah, and the Jurgen Klopp, they've now got Thomas Tuchel! Yeah, who obviously the, reaches the, the player and makes the Mkhitaryan guy, who was the biggest flop in the last years. Mkhitaryan, makes fantastic. Him, makes him too... So they have the chance, he, and also with Royce Aubameyang, a lot of people extended their contracts. So and they are not a small club, you know. They have a huge fan base and also earned a lot of money in the Champions League in the last years. So they maybe should get rid of this underdog image a little bit because they're not. So Tommy Tuchel, a Swabian with the magic touch. Yeah. What about Wolfsburg? Pressure of expectation I this would, time. I around. would say they come in the second place and are the biggest opponent to the Bayern this year. Yeah. Very stable, very poised. What about Schalke? Schalke is a club that uh, contains always the gene of self-destruction oh, inside well, of the that's club. That's so why when, I love them. So whenever it runs like a little bit well for them, they do something from the within to destroy it again. Yeah, so they've got a new coach, Andre Breitenreiter. Breitenreiter. By the way, I love German self-destruction. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite things. Julian Draxler, Max Meyer. Hüvedes. Klaus, yeah. Hüvedes, world yeah. champion, Hüvedes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine what I must feel like. We will talk about that. You're going to have to explain what that feels like to an Englishman. Um, uh, uh, we, we got a great tweet uh, from a lot of people. They want to know who are the Bournemouth, who are the little teams, who are the little rooting interests, the dream story in the, in the Bundesliga this year? I think because the... the, the Old school clubs who have been in Bundesliga for decades often have like, you know, like Hamburg and stuff, like rotten structures. And then you have new teams like Ingolstadt, you know, there's Audi behind. So that also makes the Bundesliga very uninteresting at one point when there are only clubs from villages come yep. to, the main, to the top league. And like all this, you know, there are like the second league in Germany is full of like cool clubs, but the same as in England, you know. I mean, SV Darmstadt, yeah. 98. How would you say that in German? Darmstadt. Darmstadt. That means actually intestine city. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Oh God, they win. Their, their nickname is the Lilies. They're in the top flight for the first time in 33 years. A bit of a Bournemouth run. Tiny budget, about $8 million. Uh, stunning promotion to the second division in 2014. Yeah. After almost being relegated to the fourth division in 2013, up yep. the Lilies. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have to make the case for me because you don't seem that excited about the Bundesliga. No, I wait for Champions League. Make the case to Americans who are starting to watch Bayern. Why Bayern and not, say, Dortmund, Schalke or FC Ingolstadt? Why I support them or so why they win? Get, tell us. No, make the case why we should support Bayern. It's like cheering for Microsoft, isn't it? No, it's like it would be cheering for Microsoft if Microsoft would be really on its operational level still like a family. It is like this. There's so many ex-players having responsible positions in this club, actually having taken over from Beckenbauer over Hoeneß to Rummenigge. It's all ex-players. So it's not like other clubs where the, the coach is coming to, let's say, to Man City and everyone who is in charge there doesn't know anything the way like a former world champion or... Uh, Champions League winner may do it. And this melange of being like, yeah, one of the world's biggest brands, you know, it's actually, they're like the Knicks. They're a little bit like the Knicks. Oh, God most forbid. Exactly. Most of the people in Germany, there's no one in Germany who finds the Bayern so la la. You either love them or you really do not like them at all. And it's a little bit like maybe the Chelsea. Yankees here. Or, nah, Chelsea is not... The, the, there, there is no other league in, in Europe where like just one club has... Um, made it like so lonely to the top. Though even in Spain, there are two left. The the, the Bundesliga, 
the English Premier League, as you travel yeah. around the world on tour, yeah. you may have noticed the English Premier League is everywhere. Does it frustrate you to a degree that German football doesn't share the ubiquity that English football has in this country? This is just a consequence of being so late with finding out that you must acquire also fans maybe outside of the town the club is located. Yeah. And um, I have been also in Australia and Southeast Asia and it's everywhere. No one, Bayern is known, but everything else from Bundesliga is not known while... Even the smallest Premier League clubs have their shirts from players I even have heard haven't heard of are sold there. So Premier League is so much bigger. They they do this twelve forty five match for so many years. My friend Per Matisaka, he hates it. He doesn't like to play that early. But so the Chinese people can watch it on prime time. We still have the big discussion, oh no, our match day cannot be you know, so uh, so part. We need a lot of matches at Saturday, 3.30. Yeah. Actually, all the matches we would like. So it's this still socialist Germany. They make the games run on time. Yeah, and also we cannot get that much money for the Bundesliga from Sky because the Sportschau, what is from the like BBC, like public TV, will run it at 7 in the in the evening, why not 10.30. What does, what does yeah. Per have against the 12.45 kickoff? He doesn't like to play that is early. His friend Per yeah, he uh, he is. Also, I like to you know. I'm not really. If I would have to play a show at 12:45 yeah. noon, that would be not so good. Maybe still tired or mm -hmm. whatever. So Purr's Purr's not a morning person. He actually says like maybe it's also his record that he lost so many of those 12:45 matches. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's not really an afternoon person <laughs> yeah. either. Some people would say. Um, I've got to ask you then. How do you look at the English Premier League from a German perspective? Do you love the Bundesliga and the Champions League, or do you also have a kind of a, a, an affection, a rooting interest for for an English Premier League team? And of course, I now also united with Schweinsteiger and the three Germans at Arsenal. You follow that more, and yeah, sometimes I have Sky also the German Sky. I can watch live Premier League matches. And Robert Huth, obviously. Yeah, you, the you wall. Forgot, you forgot the to wall. mention him from Leicester City. Okay, Schweinsteiger, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm shocked. You love him still. This yeah. is fine. I wanted to ask you this. So you love Schweinsteiger. Yeah. He is Bayern Munich to his core. He yeah. would have died for that team. Yeah, Bayern Munich and Manchester United, European heated rivals. You have cheered against United for decades mm. at this point. Forever. He comes on as a 60th minute substitute last weekend. And doesn't play well. A man you know. He looks like he's been. Uh, he looks like he's been a little bit uh, with his mouth on the chocolate fountain. He's been eating some pies in the north of England. He's a, <laughs> he's a man you love, but he's in the jersey of a long... Yeah, at least rival. they switched after two weeks to Adidas back. At least <laughs> that, you know. So It's a token gesture. I can say I'm still shocked, but when I just look on Schweini, it makes sense from all perspective. He would not have played the season with this midfield roster the Bayern has this time. And, um, That's very he big also, of you. Yeah, and the thing is... Did, He's 31 years old. They offered him like three years contract for like what another 40 million euro, and he's a nice guy coming from a Bavarian village, so he will take it. And it's a big, you know, to go there in this age and trying to succeed on this level. I mean, in Germany we say Schweini, you're always fighting so much. I mean, in the Premier League, everyone plays like that. So, so this is the equivalent. He has balls. Let's say he has balls. He, he has balls. He has balls. How <laughs> do you say that in German? Yeah, had aya. It's a little more menacing in your language. So it's essentially the equivalent, what you're telling us, of taking the puppy, 
down to the river, putting it in a sack and, uh, and drowning it, giving it to United. It's a nice dignified end for, for, for Schweini going to United. So yeah, you don't, you don't harbour an anger. He couldn't be that year with the Bayern on the bench yeah. or go to MLS already because he needs to lead Germany to the European title next summer. <sighs> so that's why he needs to play a, a major league. Oh, he's a master plan. Pep said he's not been fit in three seasons. Yeah. What, what should we expect from Schweine? He does look it's like he's been on the old chocolate. It's, uh, he's been on the old chocolate. It all depends on his physical fitness. He has to be, especially to play the way he plays, he needs to be 100% physically fit. If it's just 98%, he is then, some people would say, too slow or like not cannot catch up to the match. The thing is, let's see. I mean, if I think his... Uh, down there, his uh, what is it, ankle or yep. whatever, is yep. sensitive. So his ear, his ayah, ayah, yeah, ayah is sensitive. Um, per, we got to talk yeah. about. Is your mate the yeah. BFG? The BFG himself. What an amazing bloke! Yeah, yeah, he's a great. He's also a very nice guy. How he's an amazing guy. How do you know him? Tell us about Per. Um, tell us the tell us the behind the scenes Per. We didn't that you know. know we didn't know anything about him. But his at this time, his girlfriend said that. Um, he is obviously a Paul Kalkbrenner fan, and if I can make like a short video message for the wedding they have, yeah. and so that all started. And he, after the World Cup, five days after the winning the World Cup, he came with us in a tour bus to some festivals, and it was so great for him that he obviously admires this three days of tour as much as the World Cup. That's always how it sounds Pur for him. Per is a bit of an EDM freak, is he? Yeah, he obviously likes that. He, uh, he always, like, when you are in the football club, since you're 16, you're only with that academic and then playing and then training and never go out. Going to some music festivals obviously from a completely different world. And that's why they like it. it. It always looks to me like a philosophy student trapped in an elite athlete's body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He has like like the simple truths. He knows about them. The simple truths of Per Mertesacker. That is a book I would ghostwrite and then purchase. <sighs> Meza Ozil. Yeah. Loved by connoisseurs. Loathed by many. How is he viewed from a German POV? Um... I mean, we all know that, like with his left foot, he can play passes. Like uh, really, no one else can p play that way. But he carries always this I uh, kind of lethargic attitude sometimes. I think. I mean, for Arsenal, it's a very important season now. Cup winners twice. They actually have to go for the championship. But the first match, as I can, yeah, that didn't run very well. <laughs> <laughs> Emre Can is he on the German radar at Liverpool Football Club? Um, yes, because there was this uh, under-21 European Championship, which yep. was like broadcasted like in prime time in Germany. So we know about him that he did plays a very good role there with the Reds. Euro 2016 on the horizon. I've got to ask you. Yeah. Level of confidence in German victory is it zero, which is English levels of confidence? Yeah. Or 10, Manuel Neuer, levels of confidence. Where would you place yourself? Whose level of confidence? 10, Manuel, uh, Manuel Neuer. How confident of German victory are you? Between I'm actually always very confident, but this time you can see the base of this World Cup title 2014 is that seven players played in one team at the Bayern. Toni Kroos left since then, Schweini left. This, uh, it's actually, Götze is not really like playing for the Bayern, so it's actually just Boateng and Neuer from that core. So it could get difficult. Other countries are catching up. And European winning a European title is even more difficult than winning the World Cup. You because just the, because you have no easy matches you there. You sound to me like a man getting his excuses in early. That we win. You will win. <laughs> 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 um, I've got to ask you also, going back to the East German issue. Yeah. 
I know there's no East German, Germany anymore, but it, yeah. it's 15% of the German population. But it's delivered so few players to the German national team. And the great ones, Sammer, Michael yeah. Ballack, Tony Cruz. Only few. Why is that? Is it that, ha that happened because of the, the wall came down, 1989, and immediately there was the chance for East German players to play for hard German, German Deutschmarks in the Bundesliga. So especially Rainer Kalmut from Leverkusen, like bought Andreas Thurm and Ulf Kirsten, that even Helmut Kohl, the chancellor, had to say, no, this is not how it can work. We cannot buy this empty there. So the reunion with the, actually the leagues was just in 1992. So that was not enough time. The time was gone. So the best players have left. So now actually there are a lot of East German teams in the third league. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, that was the mistake. That so German football was essentially pillaged by the West. The East was taken away. And now you have West Germany, old West Germany being yes. like the equivalent of United, Chelsea, Arsenal. And East Germany, the team's more the Everton's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Not the Everton's. The, say it's third league, Nottingham Forest. <laughs> you make me feel better about myself. <laughs> Nottingham Forest. Does it impact the way you think of the national team? The fact that there's so few East Germans who kind of come through. No, and no, no, because I'm not a, like, and especially after 25 years, you should not be anymore a particular East German because time has passed since then. Let's talk predictions. Are Bayern Munich in a class of their own in the Bundesliga? Yes. Do they have what it takes to win the Champions League? That we will see from semi-final on. I need to know, though, how are you feeling? What does your heart tell you about this year? And that it's time again. And if the answer is it's not, will Pep Guardiola be there next season? He will be not there next season, no matter what happens. Oh, hashtag Bob Bradley for Bayern Munich. <laughs> I've got to ask you, as a German and a Bayern fan, yeah. how has Jürgen Klinsmann's kind of experimental era with the US team, how has that played through in the German media? How do you view it? Um, he was also with the Bayern for one year, what led to that crushing defeat versus Barcelona. And he is obviously not a good all-day team manager, but even this World Cup 2014 is somehow based on the work of Jürgen Klinsmann, even though he was just there for two years. He set the structures that Jogi Löw could work on. What about the likes of Julian Green, Danny Williams, Jermaine Jones, when one of these players chooses to play for the US? Do you even notice? No. The thing is, it's because it's so small here, but I have no doubt that, let's say, if football, our football, would be in the last five decades as popular in the US like it is on the rest of the planet, there's no doubt who would have won the most World Cups. <laughs> you know? So we can be happy the Americans what's just... What's the answer? Germany? Not, no, US. Oh. Of course. They, they are, we can be happy that they're starting to discover it just now. Oh, I love it. I love the way... Like I every sport Americans really do, like track and field, Olympic Games. Yeah. yeah. So the future. <laughs> sport the future, Paul. Yeah, also the less white America becomes, the more, yeah. more Hispanic, the more football will succeed here. The more bloody wonderful and unstoppable. Yeah. I was in Frankfurt the day Julian Green... Uh, decided to play for the United States. I was actually with Jürgen Klinsmann. <laughs> and I met... A, I met, I met what do you mean you were with Jürgen Klinsmann? I was making a film about oh. Jürgen Klinsmann. And I, um, everyone in the US camp was very excited. And I met a lot of German journalists. And I was like, Julian Green's going to play for the US. <laughs> and there's one guy, put, one guy just put his arm around me and he goes, he goes, we have a big trout farm here in <laughs> Germany. We have 10,000 trout. Well done, you have stolen one of our little trouts. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most menacing thing. 
I've heard. But in he's a long back time. with he's back with the Bayern after his Hamburg experience. Yeah, this is going to be. It's the only thing we're sure about in our Bundesliga <laughs> prediction. Both Paul and I agree this is going to be the year, the Yara of Julian Green. We have no doubt, right? I don't think he is. He comes maybe on 90 minutes playtime on the season. They're going to be unbelievable 19 minutes. Yeah. Don't worry about the quantity. No, not 90 minutes at one. Quantity. Just here three minutes. Yeah. And then another they're, unimportant they're, cup game. He's not going to have minutes. to play more. He's just going to stroll yeah. on and do what he did in the World Cup. Score every time. It's going to be the year yeah. of Julian Green. Mark my words. Your new album, Seven. Yeah. It is out in iTunes and Spotify. And the Bundesliga. The mighty Bundesliga. You've made it seem so exciting. You haven't made it seem like a one-team league yeah. whatsoever. Kicks off Friday, 2.30. Eastern Fox Sports will stream Bayern Munich against Hamburg. Come on, Hamburg! Live on YouTube channel. It's also going to be on Fox Sports 2. Paul, courage. Thank you very much. Oh. But I have one question. Yeah. How is it to have always, every two years, the tournament coming up and being English? Oh. Um, it's to be reminded consistently that life is short. <laughs> And um, death is certain, <laughs> and the only point of living is suffering. Yep, yep. It's maybe the deeper lesson than winning. 